Hello, and thanks for tuning in once again to the Redheaded Preacher. <clears throat> this is a podcast that takes place in St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, an open and affirming congregation. This is during the COVID pandemic, uh, but we are recording in the sanctuary. I'm Richard Lanford. I am the Redheaded Preacher by the grace of God. The elector for today, May 10th, Mother's Day is Olivia Altmeyer, and she will be reading from Psalm 31 and 1 Peter chapter 2. The sermon title is Mother's Day Spirituality 201. And without further going forward, uh, without further going forward, because I'm going to offer up a brief prayer, and then it'll be with going forward. <laughs> Please join me in the spirit. Mysterious and merciful God, we thank you for today. We thank you for this opportunity to speak and hear and listen to your word. We ask your blessing on this time, whenever and wherever we are. Consecrate it to your use, for we are here, wherever we are, we are here for you. Use us, we ask, in the name of Christ. Amen. And now, our lector readings. In our first reading, we'll hear the psalmist say, Incline your ear to me, rescue me speedily. Now, though, it is especially our time to incline our ears to God by listening to the scriptures. Unfortunately, as we sit and listen, it's easy for us to let whatever we hear bounce off our ears or be unclear in our minds. So as we always do, let us ask the Spirit's help so we may better receive and understand the passages for today. Please join me in the spirit of prayer. Let us pray. O Holy Spirit, breath of life, breath of God, blow in our lives this day. Clear out the cobwebs of closed minds and outworn ideas. Fill us with the freshness of your vibrant love. As we listen and think about these scriptures, Renew us that we might rise up from this service, ready again to be your people wherever we are. We ask this in the name of the one who came to reconcile the world to you, even Jesus the Christ, the head of the church. Amen. Our first reading is Psalm 31, verses 1 through 5, and then 15 and 16. It is classified as a psalm of lament. In you, O Lord, I seek refuge. Do not let me ever be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me, rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. You are indeed my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Take me out of the net that is hidden for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and persecutors. Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. This ends the reading from Psalm 31. Our epistle reading is from 1 Peter. This morning, it is chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. 
This is the second half of what has been called Peter's Appeal for Holiness. Rid yourselves, therefore, of all malice, and all guile, insincerity, envy, all, and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, See, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you then who believe, he is precious. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner, and a stone that makes them stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word, as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This ends the reading from 1 Peter and the scriptures for this Mother's Day Sunday. Thanks be to God, the word of God, for the people of God. Our worship continues with a musical meditation by Ben Westfall, our music director. So, I'm reading the passages for this message, and I see this. In you, O Lord, I seek refuge. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. I don't know about you and your family situation of the past or the present, but when Tommy, the brother three years older than me, would decide to beat me up, I had two choices. If my oldest brother David was home, call out for him. If he was gone, yell, Mom! And you know what? She always came. It was, worthless. It was useless to try to resist. I, I was not going to win in a struggle with Tommy. And as I thought about the fact that my mom always rescued me, well, that meant, upon reflection, you know, that gave me even more of a basis to trust her. As I think I said in a previous Mother's or Father's Day message, I do not have a memory of either one, like, letting me down, not in a serious way. Did I always get what I wanted for Christmas or my birthday? Well, we were well gifted, but no. I never got that easy bake oven or the Rock'em Sock'em robots, but so what? When it counted, my mom could be counted on, including to save me from Tommy. I wonder if my relationship with God was affected by that. I came to fundamentally trust my parents. I trusted my mom to rescue me and my parents in general. And perhaps, maybe, probably, who's to say, that paved the way for me to trust God the same way. How did our relationships with our mothers 
affect our relationship with God, if at all. Have we ever thought about that? I expect there would be layers of development, too, perhaps going both ways, the mother's way and the kid's way growing up. I'm just saying that as I reflected on my fundamental belief in my mom to rescue me speedily, that may have prepared me to have the same trust in the Lord. I've told you more than once uh, my favorite story about my mom, about the time my car was lightly vandalized and I was worried about crossing the country in it to get to seminary. Would it break down later on in a highway in Wisconsin? We had, couldn't know that. She said, I guess that's where faith comes in. Trust. In a mom whose life gave me reason to trust her, made it easier for me to trust in God as someone, God, whose love gave me reason to trust God. Well, more about God and love later. Trust gets pushed when the rules from parents come down and you don't like them. Why do I have to make my bed? I'm just going to get in it at the end of the day anyway. Why can't I stay up later? Why do I always have to help with chores? Rules. At the time, our parents' rules can seem too strict, as if mom or dad do not trust us, or won't ease up on us like we think we deserve, or they don't make sense or seem fair. Well, you know the phrase, the older I get, the smarter my parents become? At some point, little light bulbs go on inside our heads, and we realize that the rules or commandments are mostly for our own good. They can be as plain as, don't touch that, because it's a hot burner and mom does not want us to get burned, or something more complicated. But we come to understand our moms and dads and grandparents want what's best for us in their eyes, and eventually we come to see that and trust them more. When you and I start to get it, there, that there are good reasons for at least some of these do's, don'ts, and be carefuls, we stop complaining and willingly, willingly follow them. We start going to bed on time. It doesn't mean we have to like it, but we start to understand why and we do it. We stop whining about doing our share of the work around the house or in the yard because we are all part of the family. It's only fair. Plus, it teaches responsibility and a work ethic. We do not have to become older youth or adults to have that insight slash hindsight either. All of this does not negate the fact that sometimes we still broke the rules because there are lessons you and I learn only by breaking the rules and finding out for ourselves. Several things about life we have to learn for ourselves. Moms know that, too. Let's go back to God again. When you and I and our churches start really trusting Christ and the loving power of God, 
Do we not find it easier to seek first the kingdom and do better by the commandments and the teachings of Jesus? We might be more willing to do as Jesus taught when we start to see they really are for our benefit. We also might be more willing to do as Jesus taught out of gratitude for what God did for us, among other blessings. As the band Watermark sang years ago, O Lord, your mercy turns us into faithful people, grateful people. And grateful people are happy to walk in the ways laid out by our Savior and friend. So, thinking of our epistle, Peter is not whistling Dixie to us when we heard Olivia read, Rid yourselves, therefore, of all malice and all guile, insincerity, envy, and all slander. Come to him, a living stone, and like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. We trust and love God. We're thankful. So we try to do these things. Remember your mom telling you, hate is a very strong word. Peter says that too. Rid yourselves of all malice. Don't verbally disrespect other people in front of others or spread lies. Rid yourselves of all slander. In love and trust we pray to God, not my will but thy will be done. Or as the psalmist wrote, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Into your hand, I commit my spirit. In the same spirit, Peter encourages God's people, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house. Let God, because we trust and love God, let God do with us and build with us as God wills. God we can trust. So far, I've offered a parallel between what might be our developing trust and love relationship with our mom or parents and their rules and our own developing a faith and love relationship with God and so willingly following God's rules. This does not mean I haven't said yet that our moms necessarily had anything to do directly with our relationship with the Lord. The parallels, I think, are an enlightening thing to think about and may deepen our connection with the holy. But have our moms played a role in our relationship with God and the God we know in Jesus Christ? My mom is the one who in southeast Minneapolis brought us Lanford kids a half a block to church. Later, when it was a 20-minute drive to church, same church, she taught Sunday school a number of years, starting when I was going to be in her class. That's the opening and... Okay, I better be a Sunday school teacher when Richard's coming into this class. So she and Mrs. Shane, they kept at it after I aged out of the class. But that paved the way for something. My class 
my aged-out class over early, I was sitting around in that classroom, kind of off to the side, while my mom and Mrs. Shane conducted the class one of those Sundays. The class was small and quiet. When she got no answer at all from her kids about, about a question connecting God and love, Mrs. Shane asked me the question. Like, <laughs> she wanted me to give her a lifeline or something. Uh, details escape me, but I do remember saying, God is love. I did not say that out of a personal experience of God's grace yet. But I think my verbalizing those words, God is love, stuck something into me that grew up later. And that would not have happened if my mom had not started teaching Sunday school and kept teaching Sunday school with Mrs. Shane. You just never know how what you do will have a spiritual impact on your kids sooner or later or both. Have you had experiences like that? Or your kids? Or grandchildren? It reminds me a little of something else Peter wrote. Like newborn babes, he said, long for the pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Growing into salvation, becoming part of God's people by grace through faith, and such growing happens while on the long and winding road, with our moms perhaps being somewhat of a guide here, there, and everywhere. I know that everyone's relationship with their mom is different. I grieve with those whose relations with their mothers were or are difficult. Mine was complicated, to be sure. No one is perfect, but we give thanks to God for all the good we had and have through and because of them. The ways you and I relate to God may have their origins in the ways we relate or did relate to our moms. That goes in different directions with different layers, but it can give us more insight into and more appreciation for our connection with God. I just mentioned that our moms play a role in our spiritual development, if in fact they did and referenced 1 Peter's words about the pure spiritual milk by which we may grow into salvation, growing, a process, a journey, which moves us way past milk, that's for the newborn stage, but it needed it to get started in this journey where we claim our belonging to this, to being in a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that, Peter wrote, in order that you, to, you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have 
received mercy. Growing into salvation for a purpose, Peter said, to be a people who proclaim what God has done, especially the mercy God has shown us and the light God has brought us into. Long for the pure spiritual milk so that by it we may grow into salvation where we are God's people called to declare how we were taken from the darkness of greed and fear and unsparing egocentricity and violence and unforgiveness, hatred and apathy into the light of mercy, compassion, other centricity, generosity, peace, and faith. We declare this by deeds as well as by our words, like the examples set for children by moms and dads, the examples that are set for kids, and the things that they and the churches not only also do but preach. We received mercy. We are a people of mercy. So let us think on this Mother's Day of mothers today to whom we can proclaim the God of mercy by doing mercy to them, for them, or with them. When I thought of this, my next thought after that was the ongoing support for the Me Too movement. Mercy, not judgmentalism. Justice, fairness, not patriarchal self-protectionism or male blindness to microaggressions. Lots of women who have been sexually harassed, harmed, and or assaulted are also moms. And then I thought of the mothers and their children still held in immigration detention centers near our southern border. What do people of mercy people of Jesus, bring to them, for them. Well, I imagine our United Church of Christ boards, whether it's the Board for Homeland Ministries or Justice and Witness, they may have substantial answers for us. And I thought of the single moms who now may be out of work or lost one or two of the two or three jobs they may have needed to make ends meet. And will these single moms be among those called back to work first, which sounds great from a paycheck perspective, but puts them back in the path of the virus if she's dealing with the public as a waitress, receptionist, teacher, etc.? Who are among those job holders in our country who need to be back earning a paycheck as soon as possible or and have been among those essential personnel who have been putting their lives and the health of their loved ones at risk already? An article in last week's Chicago Tribune reported a study which showed the majority answer to the last question, who are the majority of the people in the front lines or who would have to go back first in the line of pretty risky health situations, the, the answer, the majority answer is African Americans. Some of them would be moms and single moms. If our spiritual journey leads to a purpose of proclaiming mercy and showing mercy, 
then I suggest that we in the churches and those in public life who listen to the churches have some important things to think about and seek to do regarding Mother's Day, mothers, God, mercy, and justice. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks for listening once again to the Redheaded Preacher Podcast for May 10th, 2020. I hope you'll tune in next time for our next podcast, which will be for Sunday, May 17th. And I haven't selected the scriptures for sure, but uh, the suggested gospel reading is John 14, beginning at verse 15. And I'll stop there. But God bless you for listening, and God bless those uh, nearest to you. And if you're driving, God bless the people driving in front of you and next to you, too. Have a blessed week. Thanks again. Bye.